Life Audio. You are listening to Real Relationship Talk, a podcast helping married and pre-married couples build lasting love from above. Got problems? Let's solve them. Because real trials need real truth. Now it's time to get in the game with your relationship coach and host, Dana Shea. Hello, friends. This is Dana Shea, and you are listening to Real Relationship Talk. Today, you guys, we are here on episode 142, and we have with us a special guest, a new friend of mine named Beatrice Vargas. Beatrice is the podcast host of The Grace-Fueled Wife, and Beatrice's whole deal is really helping women who feel disconnected from their spouses because of their spouse's own apathy or maybe just unavailability. Maybe some of you are in marriages like that, or you've been in marriages like that, or you know people like this who one spouse is like really willing to do all the work while the other spouse is just kind of a bump on the log, not doing anything. And I can certainly relate to going through seasons of my marriage where I felt like I'm the one that's really putting in all the effort and Sean's really not doing anything at all. And it can be frustrating, y'all, and it can be lonely. And so I'm just so grateful for the work that Beatrice is doing to help women who feel like what I call solo spouses. And so you're in for a treat. If you are in this situation, you are going to leave this podcast today feeling encouraged and feeling inspired. So before we actually get into the interview, I have so much that I want to tell you guys about. First of all, I am on the heels of what has been the most busy yet blessed week of my life. I am telling you guys, like I, if you listen, I'm a high capacity person, okay? I can take on a lot. I do a lot. I have a lot of hats that I wear. But y'all, this week right here, this one threw me for a loop. There was so much going on, you guys. I had four speaking engagements, four different speaking engagements, two weddings, and a business conference just for fun. Let's just throw the three-day business conference in there. And technically, it was over the course of like maybe eight or nine days. And so I'm on the heels of that. And what God revealed to me, first of all, obviously, he's like, you can take on a lot more than you think you can. But y'all, his grace, like there were times in this week that I was literally like, Lord, I am leaning completely on your grace right now because I'm tired. My body is feeling like it is done with me. I don't know if I can continue to do all the things that you've called me to do. And so we made it. We made it through this week. And not only did we make it through this week, but I am different. I am changed. God did so much in me. And maybe I'll spend a whole entire podcast episode in another time just telling you about some of the new revelations that I have. But you're going to see it. You're going to see it. You're going to experience it as you listen to this podcast. And if you're in our community, you're going to see how I'm I'm different. I've changed. And so um, glory to God for all of that. I also want to read to you guys our newest podcast review. I love reading these and I love sharing these things with you, not to pat myself on the back, but because I want you all to know that as you share this podcast with other people, it is making a difference in other people's lives. This newest review came from All Natural Country Mama, and she writes, I love this podcast. So much relatable, practical teaching and advice. When I come to listen to a podcast, I always look to see if Dana has a new one. Side note, Dana will always have a new one every week because that's what we do. We show up every Tuesday, every single week without fail. All right, let's get back into this. She says, if you're looking for a podcast that fills your cup, you have found it. So thank you so much for that very kind, sweet review, All Natural Country Mama. I really appreciate it. And I'm so glad that you are now a part of our community. 
So you guys, before we get into this episode, I want to give to you a free resource that is going to kind of set up what we're about to talk about in this conversation. Again, like I said, so many people are married and they feel like they are alone. There's a quote that says that the saddest person on earth is the married person who is alone. And maybe you can identify with that. There's disconnection in your marriage. There's disunity in your marriage. And you want to know, wait, am I a part of the problem? How connected of a spouse am I really? So I want you to go to my website and take this free partner quiz. I want you to find out how connected of a partner you are, because maybe you think that you're more connected than you actually are, or maybe your spouse needs kind of like a shot in the arm to see in real time. They're not necessarily as connected as they think they are. So you can find that free quiz at danashay.com slash partner quiz. That's D-A-N-A-C-H-E dot com slash partner quiz. All right, friends. Well, without any further ado, let's go ahead and welcome to the podcast our new friend, Beatrice Vargas. All right, friends. Well, I am here with Beatrice. Beatrice, we were just talking a little bit before I actually started recording. I'm so happy to have you on the show. I have listened to your podcast, and I just love what you're doing in the lives of married women. Uh, So thank you so much for being here today. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. It's really quite an honor to be here. And same, I've listened to your podcast, and we were saying offline earlier that we, I feel like we're so aligned, your personality, there's so much about our personalities, even that are similar. Just So this is, I'm sure, going to be an awesome conversation. Yes, I cannot wait, sister. I'm so excited. So let's just jump right in. You obviously, you're a relationship coach, you're a podcast host. You obviously didn't just wake up one morning and decide, I think I want to talk to wives whose husbands <laughs> are unattached or uninvolved. What made you go into this line of work? That is a great question. (laughs) Um, About 10 years ago, my son is 10, so almost going on 11 years ago, my husband and I separated. My husband was an unbeliever at the time. I was relatively new to the faith. Uh, We had a pretty tumultuous marriage from the beginning. You know, we were like fighting in and out, you know, whatever. Um, We, I was not saved when, you know, when we first got married, right? We were just got married we met doing tequila shots like just at the bar right and it was just a totally different life that we were living and uh one day I was just like I, I, I wasn't raised this way I was raised Catholic and I'm like, I should be in church on a Sunday not hung over with the baby calling all over me so um I started looking for a church and you know when you look for God you find him um and that whole journey started uh and then as I started to change things that our marriage started to change, right? It all, also the things that happen when new babies come in marriage and things started to get more difficult. So fast forward a few years, um, my husband and I separated. Well, essentially what happened was he walked out. I went on a bit. I mean, I knew he was leaving. It was a conversation that we had. It was just not something that I was in agreement with. And I have went on a business trip and I came home one evening from the business trip and to an empty apartment. And it was Mm. pretty devastating, you know, to walk in and um, just furniture gone. Like it was real, you know, it was something we had talked about, something we had been struggling through, um, something that, you know, he had said he wanted to do and okay, fine. And I walked in and, and here's the empty apartment and thank God for family. My family was there to pick up the pieces and, you know, kind of help me through 
that particular moment. But at the end, when they all went home, you know, when everybody left, here I was by myself um, in this empty apartment. And it was a really difficult season. And we were separated for nine months. And during that time, God said uh, so many things to me. But one of the things he said to me is you'll be back together by in, you know, by September, which had been nine months. And, um, the other thing he had said, cause I was like in the word, like, Oh, so what should I do? Am I going to be divorced? Like what does God words, God's words say about divorce? And, you know, so in my mind, I'm like, Oh, I'm just going to get a new man. Like I, you know, okay. He left me, I, you know, it was just when you're in that position, you start looking for reasons and, and all these, you know, God must not want us to be together. All these things that were going through my head mm-hmm. and God was like, no, I'm going to bring you a new man, but he's going to be the same one. Mm, That's good. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. And sure enough, you know, God is true to his word. We were back together by September. And even then it was, we're still fighting. It was still like, you know, because I was holding all this stuff over his head. You walked out on me. And I was like, really angry and hurt and holding on to the, like all this resentment towards him for it. And finally I, I just, I turned to God and I was like, God, what you brought us back together. Like, what are we supposed to do? I need you to take this from me because I'm so angry mm. and I can't take it anymore. And there was, you know, long story short, cause the whole, you know, story of, of how that happened, probably like 45 minutes, we could sit talking about it. So I'm trying to give you like the cliff notes version. Um, But long story short, I had just surrendered it all to God and be like, okay, okay, God, like you take it because I can't do it in my own strength. I was doing things like when we got back together, I would tell him, oh, well, as a condition to get back together, you need to go to church. Well, that's not really helping him build his relationship with God. Right. Like I would do all the things that we tell people you shouldn't do. I was doing Mm -hmm. all of those things. Mm -hmm. All of that was terrible. And I think back now and I'm like, no wonder he left (laughs) I was crazy. So so when I finally surrendered that all to God, it was like a weight lifted from my shoulders and like night and day, my marriage changed. And obviously I implemented all the skills. I'm sure that you teach, you know, I hear you teach when I listen to your podcast and and I teach and I I really started to change the way uh, I speak to him and and all that really just allowing God to work in my heart, really just taking on this um, attitude of humility and God complete, he completely transformed my marriage. And here we are, you know, 10 years after that, celebrating our 15 year wedding anniversary this year. And our marriage is totally different. He is my best friend. Like we Mm. just, we have, you know, obviously we're a normal couple. So do we still disagree? Yeah. But it's, it's totally different. Like I look at him now, I still get butterflies in my stomach. Like things that like, oh my gosh, I never, you know, when I think back then to where it was, you know, where we were just feeling like roommates, like just so, you know, I would walk into a room and he would leave, you know, mm. he would come home from work super late. So he didn't have to see me. It was just like, we were just cohabitating. So before we were separated, we were practically separated, living in the same house. Mm. Um, and we were sleeping in the same bed, but we were just not, not talking, not, I mean, it was so, so bad, so bad. Um, and now it's just, it's different. And I'm so proud of, of how 
what we've done for our marriage, but also like just a great testimony to what God has done in our marriage Um, and how we have just, you know, been so connected. It's so beautiful. I love that. You said so so many things. Like, so when I shared that story, yeah, Yeah. there's so many, there's so many things. I'm like, I'm listening to your story and I'm like, okay, I'm going to talk about that and that and that and that. that. (laughs) It's so good. But I think one of the things really from the job that's how I got started. I got you. Okay. One of the things from the jump that you talked about that I think a lot of people don't talk about enough is that when you make positive changes in yourself, like you found the Lord, right? You started Mm -hmm. in your faith. Well, that had an effect on your marriage and it wasn't necessarily a good one. And I think that sometimes like we're afraid Mm -hmm. to, to change because we know like if I change if my spouse isn't ready to change, that's going to create a disconnect or it's, it's going to widen mm-hmm. the disconnect that we already have. So I think that that's just an important concept. Like we're not trying to like mislead people to know like, hey, if you and when you decide to make a change in your life for the better, just expect that resistance. Expect that your spouse might not get the memo and might not be on the yeah. same page with you immediately. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I just wanted to bring that out. Yeah. Something else that you said that I did, you know, when Sean and I were going through our crazy was like the whole threatening the church thing. Like if you don't, you know, and your thing was like, you gave him a condition. Like if we're going to do X, Y, and Z, you have to come to church with me, you know? And I would say like the craziest stuff to Sean, like manipulative. Oh, I did the tears and all the whole nine, you know, trying to get him to draw close to the Lord. And really, I guess my motives, you know, like, I guess our motives are right. But like the way that we go about it is, is just not helpful. Mm-mm. I try to set him up on, with like, you know, meet some Christian friends, go to this small group. Oh my gosh, it was so bad. I try to invite people over to the house. Like, oh, no, you would really connect with them. He's like, what do I look like? Are you making a play date for me? Like, what the hell? <laughs> right, just, right, right. So bad. That's hilarious. Let me tell you about those whole like matchmaker things. Like I remember there's this one guy who from the outside, he looks like he had it all together. He's like the strong, charismatic guy. He dressed well. Like that's important to both me and my husband. Like you got to dress, you got to dress well. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to be honest. And so he was like, Mm -hmm. you know, dress well. He had it going on. And I was like, my husband needs to meet this man. They need to be Mm -hmm. friends. And the guy was like, you know, a strong Christian. Let me just tell you something. Behind closed doors totally different. That was the worst decision. So I told my husband, I was like, you know, I'm done matchmaking because we had to undo a lot of that stuff from that supposed friend. And so if there's any wives, you know, who are thinking about like, Oh, let me set my husband up with this person. Or let me try to like convince him to be friends with her. I would just say, you know, you might just want to leave that one alone. (laughs) Yeah. I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, you guys. Well, we're going to take a quick break for a word from our sponsor. And then when we come back, we'll hear more from our special guest, Beatrice Vargas. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening, who should call right now? Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. 
Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. All right, so you got the restored marriage, and God has done a wonder. You guys are celebrating 15 Mm -hmm. years. So how then did you go from your own personal story of healing and restoration to now helping so many wives who are going through the same struggles? Um, I would say this was back in a couple of years ago. This is, we're like looking at 2017 or so. Um, I knew that God was calling me into something and I wasn't sure what it was. So I kept looking, you know, what is it in terms of entrepreneurship? What, I don't know, what is it? And one day, um, God said to me, you will impact thousands with your story. And I was like, my story, what story? Like my weight loss story? Like that's not even that, you know, impressive God. Like, what are we talking about? Wasn't sure. Fine. So I'm like, do I start a blog? You know, so I kept thinking of what is it? You know, just saying, okay, God, like you said this thing, what is it? Fast forward later, my uh, church, they do what's called stories where they basically video your testimony. They share the testimonies, a fairly big church in New York City. So it was, you know, aired probably at the time for like 2000 people. I mean, it's pretty big, you know, 2000 people in, in New York City, maybe not big in terms of church size in the South, but for New York City, 2000 people is a lot. And they aired it. And all of a sudden, my phone started going crazy. People I never met on Instagram, they were DMing me. They were like, oh, you know, hey, I saw your story. It resonated with me. Can we chat? And next thing you know, I'm going out to coffee with women and just listening to them and hearing their stories and encouraging them. And I was like, oh, okay. So maybe this is the story you're talking about, God. And then, you know, fast forward a little bit longer and I started the podcast and I worked with a business coach on it, you know, having this conversation with her and came up with the name and the title and the whole thing. And it was just when when we had that conversation, I was in tears because I just felt like this is it. Like Mm. this is right. This is it. And that's how I really started, you know, so I was already doing it almost um not necessarily on a pastoral level, but you know, being in church leadership, whatever you find yourself all the time, just either they're referring people to you or just people that find you. And, you know, just start off just as that having coffee with girlfriends and being like, all right, girl, tell me what's going on. You know, and she would tell me the story and I'd say, okay, cool. I think maybe there's a couple of things that we could work on that you could work on that might help to, and sometimes they just needed an ear. And sometimes they'd be like, what do I do? You know? And, and sometimes I say, okay, maybe, maybe if you start working on this, that, and the other, and that's really yeah. how it started. I love it. You know, it's like you went from an organic, basically like just helping people organically. And that's literally my story too. And that's what I like when you said you got like all emotional when you were having the conversation mm-hmm. with your business coach, like this is some free business advice for those of you who are listening, who maybe you're thinking about starting a business, but like, it is that passionate thing. It is that thing that makes you come alive that, you know, like, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. I would do this all day, every day. You don't have to pay me to do it, even though obviously we're in business, but you know, it's, it's the thing that makes 
makes you stay up at night. It's the thing that keeps you alive in a good way. And I just love that. And I think that so many people have resonated with your story because you're not just telling them something from a book. You're not just telling them like, oh, well, what I heard, I went to this mayor's seminar and what they said, but like, this is what you live. And the proof Mm -hmm. is in the pudding. So the fact that you have a restored marriage, the fact that God did this wonderful thing of restoration in your life, I think is just so, um, it's compelling, it's impactful. So let's talk a little bit about the women that you help because Mm -hmm. lots of women are motivated to change their marriages. And I was that way, you know, when Sean and I were going through our crazy, I'm the one reading the marriage books. I'm the one going to the marriage retreats by myself, embarrassing, right? I'm the one like doing all this work and Sean just wasn't really interested. And I know that that is the story for so many Mm -hmm. women that they're like, you know what? I'm willing, like, tell me what to do. Just tell me what to do and I will do it. And um, I have a time, I call my, my clients who are like, I call them solo spouses. You know, it's like, you're doing all the work, you're, you're, Mm -hmm. you're married, but you're kind of single, right? And it's like, lon- it's a lonely place to be because you have someone, you're not single, but either your spouse isn't there physically or he's just not there emotionally. So Beatrice, how do you help women, first of all, just to overcome like the whole feelings of like, it's not fair. I'm the one having to do this mm. all by myself. How do you help women get beyond that mental block? Oh, that's a, that's such a great question. Cause it's true. It is, it isn't fair. And you know, that's, that's, that's sometimes that's reality and that's what we talk about where, you know, and it's not for me to be like, well, you need to do, you know, sometimes they just, like I said before, they just want somebody here in the mouth and we know it's not fair, but I think once they realize that they're actually committed because, you know, I've, I've worked with clients who are just like, no, nah, you know, if, if they're not really committed, if they're coming to me is because they're committed to actually doing everything it is that they can do to save their marriage from divorce. Mm-hmm. And I wish, you know, when I, when I think back, I'm like, man, I wish some of the things I know now, I wish I had known then because we would never have separated. You know, if I, I, I think about as I'm, you know, sit there and like, you know, go through all the training and do all the, the things that we've done. I'm getting all this education and I'm like, I have to give this out. I have to tell women, you know how many divorces that we could save by just letting them know these things. And so when, when they come to me and they're feeling disheartened and I'm like, I know that it sucks that you feel like you're doing it alone. But if you commit yourself to doing the work and saying, okay, God, like this is what marriage is. Marriage is a covenant. And as long as we understand that this is a covenant and and this is something that I am not going to give up on, that's what I felt like. I felt like I am not giving up on this marriage, even though my pastors were like, you know, well, biblically, he's an unbeliever and he left. So biblically, and I'm just like, okay, but that's not, it's just that I didn't feel it. I didn't feel in my heart. I was like, no, God, that's not my story. You have something else for me. And I've truly believed in my heart that God has something else for me because my husband was a, he's not was, he is a good man. He's a good man. He's a good father. He loved me. He loved our daughter. You know, he's like, why would I want to let him go? Even though we're fighting like cats and dogs and we're not speaking and we're so emotionally disconnected. So by me really having that commitment to our covenant, that's really what was 
just enough, just enough to, to, to push me through. And that's what I talk to women about. It's like, you know, and we're not talking being committed to the point of your self detriment. I, I sure. talk about this all yeah. the time. Like yeah. if that man is abusive, right. If he is like, there is a whole rundown of things. Mm-hmm. If there's like, infidelity over and over and over if he's you know there's substance abuse there's there are certain things that are deal breakers you know not saying that you have to get divorced but like that's different that requires a different level of help right that requires like get you know that's a different level of help and Mm -hmm. and i try and i steer away from that Mm -hmm. but if what we're looking at is you have a good man you know, he's a good man. You know, he loves you sort of, and you, you guys are just con- disconnected and you really are doing, want to do everything you can to save that marriage. Then there is hope for it. Let's talk about it. Cause if we can get to that before one of you checks, you know, before he leaves, you know, before separation, before divorce, then there's so much that could be done to, to change that and really just save, save that marriage, really just bring it back to life because mm-hmm. it might be there, but not there. You know, so that's how I try to help them with that, that mental block. Cause it's tough. It's just, it ugh, you know, yeah, every time like the it feeling breaks my heart. Like, yeah. It's like mm-hmm. the feeling of injustice, you know, like yeah. this isn't right. This isn't right. I'm very justice oriented. So I had to yeah. really get out of my own head. Like, no, it isn't right. right. Like just yeah. accept the fact that it isn't, that there is an injustice, but then mm-hmm. like, what are you going to do about it? What are you going right. to do? You know, so, okay, let's say a woman is like, I'm committed. I'm going to do everything that I need to do to make my marriage work. But what if my husband doesn't change? Then what? How do you help a woman with that mindset? Right. Well, I say he might not because and I know I've, you know, after listening to your show, like I know you say the same thing. You can't change Mm -hmm. him. We Mm -hmm. can't change him. And so I let them know what what held me. But one of the things the scriptures really as I kept reading over and over and over in the Psalms, all over the scriptures, it talks about being blameless in God's sight. So we can never be perfect, but we can know that we did everything that we needed to do. And so I say, okay, so what if he doesn't change? You know that you've done everything in your physical power to do, let God take the, and then just surrender the rest. Mm-hmm. And then you have to trust, right? As, as, as women of faith, we have to trust, okay, God, I'm walking in obedience. That's the other thing. Like, is this, is, is this something God has put in, on your heart? Because usually when a, a woman comes to us in that, in that space, it's because God has put something on her heart. Otherwise she's out. So if God has put something on your heart and you want to work on it, well, then are you actually walking in obedience? If you're going to walk in obedience to what his word says, to what he's put in your heart, then you can't worry about what your husband does because you just have to know that God is going to take care of you. He's going to fight your battles. He's going to do, He, if you humble yourself, let God do the rest. And that's, I mean, that was the only way that helped me, mm-hmm. you know, through that time because my husband walked out on me. Like right. we were living separate. We were living separately and so what else was i had no nothing else to go on so it was my last like thread of hope of like okay god he was an unbeliever like okay god what are we gonna do and really it's it's that it's like are you are you willing ready willing to walk in obedience to what god says and are you gonna trust him Mm -hmm. and once we put our trust in him once we're walking in obedience then we, then we can't lose almost. We can't lose. And if, if your husband, you know, if he doesn't change and all that, well, 
you know, then you cross that bridge when you get to it, then that's something you sit with God and you're like, okay, God, what's going on? Maybe then at that point, maybe there is something more, maybe there is, you know, but if we start there, we'll, we'll never start making changes. If we start, if we, if we let that hold us back, oh, what if he doesn't change? So I'm not going to start to change. Well, you know what, what happens? It's like, it's almost like that. And I'm sure you've heard this business um, adage, like, well, what happens if I fail? Well, what happens if I succeed? That's right. So it's like, what what I stand to gain if I succeed is so much bigger than what right. I stand to lose. Not even like, it's just, it's, it's not, it's, there's no comparison mm-hmm. because I really truly feel like for me, when I look, I'm, I'm the child of divorce. And so when I see what I had to go through as divorce and I'm like, I didn't want that for my children. So when you think about, you can break generational curses by changing these things in your marriage, changing yourself first. And then all of a sudden your husband's like, oh, well, wow, wait a minute. All of a sudden he's attracted to you again because, you know, <laughs> because you're not acting crazy. Like right. Was. You're not acting crazy. And you <laughs> actually remind him of the person he married. Yeah. The person <laughs> yeah. he married. And it's not about doing it in a way that, you know, whatever you, you do it with self-respect, you do it with boundaries, you do, you know, self-care. There's all these other things that you make sure you do, but it's just starting with commit, you know, with that commitment and that like faith in God. And then just saying, okay, God, I'm putting my trust in you. Now what? Mm-hmm. And see what he could do. Get it. Like, I mean, that's generation, generational change. Cause now yes. you're trying, showing your children a better way and their children yes. a better way. And you change the whole geneogram, right? The whole like uh, thing. You break that generational curse of divorce or whatever that might already be in your family. Cause typically divorces run in families. Typically mm-hmm. it's cause you saw your parents divorce and they saw their parents divorce. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, man, I love this so much. You know, one of the things that I love talking about is boundaries. And you just mentioned it, you know, a little while ago, but it's like, when I think of boundaries, I think of ownership and responsibility. And mm-hmm. I know it's hard, like when a woman is going through like hurt, and she feels like her heart is broken, and maybe she's been betrayed, and her husband isn't doing his part, like, it's hard to be like, and you need to take ownership of your part. You know what I mean? But it's like <laughs> one of my really good friends, she said years ago, I've never forgotten it. I think she got it out of somebody's book, but I'm just like always attribute it to her. Mm-hmm. But she says, even if I've, even if I'm only 5% of the problem, I have to take 100% responsibility of my 5%. And I think mm-hmm, that that's mm-hmm. so important that like, as a woman, as a wife, we're not saying like, oh, you're equally wrong here. Like it's your fault. Right. There's no fault. Like I always tell my clients, like there's no fault. There's no right, wrong. Like that's not what this is about. But at the end of the day, what's the worst that can happen? You learn some, some tools of communication. You learn how to forgive. You learn how to put some good boundaries in place. Like what is the worst that can happen if you do do all the work as a wife and your husband doesn't respond? The worst that can happen is that you become an incredibly amazing woman and wife. And if that man does not get himself together, I believe that God knows how to move him out of the way. And now you're in a position where you can give and receive love at the level that you deserve. And so, you know, I think that, that again, going back to like, well, what if he doesn't change? Because I hear that a lot. Like, what if he doesn't change? I'm up here doing all this work. And then I think it's also like the, the motive behind it. You know, like we tell our kids, like, don't do what's right because you want a reward. Do what's right because it's right. So if there's things that 
we need to change, which we all do. I mean, my goodness, I've been at this work for years and I still, every day I'm like, oh my God, like there's so much that I need to change. Like there's so many areas that I can improve on. So none of us have like arrived to the place that we don't need to still need to grow and learn more and surrender more and humble ourselves more and listen mm-hmm. to God more. Whether you're a Christian or not, I think that there's things that we all can receive and change again, whether our husbands are in the picture or whether they're willing to change or not. Right. Yeah. Another yeah. really, as you were speaking, another really good thing that um, I thought of is even if he doesn't change, like you were saying, it's about this self-development. So I, you know, what I thought of is like, <laughs> because I, when I thought back to in my mind at that time, I would just move on. I was young. I was in my thirties. Well, okay. I'll just, I'll move on. I'll find another marriage. Hello. As crazy as I was, I would have taken all that crazy and brought it into my new mm-hmm. marriage. Like, or yes, my new, so it's it. like, what do you, if you don't change yourself, you're just bringing all this stuff that you have on with you, whether or not you remarry, whether whatever, it's it's not healed. And so that doing the change is actually that's doing a healing work in you. So just like you were saying is you know about learning and bettering ourselves, that's what it's about. And and I really loved what you said about making sure there's the right motives there. You know, it's mm-hmm. almost like we don't pray so God could bless us, right? It's like we pray because we want to praise our God or like we don't tithe, right? So for the blessing, we tithe because it's, you know, whatever that is. So we just want to make sure that our, the posture of our heart is right. And so we're changing because God is doing a work in us because we're allowing, you know, we're surrendering that to him and we're allowing him to do that work in us and knowing that even, even if our husband doesn't change, we're all the better for it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So let's talk about your 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 podcast is called the Grace Fueled Wife. What does it mean to be grace fueled? Ooh, girl. <laughs> girl. It's really this. We can talk about it. Like, <laughs> yeah, like oh, that, that could be a whole other episode. <laughs> I mean, it's really this idea of everything that we've been um, talking about when. When you are in that place of you feel like you're doing it alone, that requires a special kind of grace. I mean, it just requires like, you know, we need, we need grace all the time. We need God's grace every day. But I remember specifically during this time, I, my prayer used to be Lord, because this, what would happen was I was um, getting ready, right? Like I would get to the house and then I would sit in my car outside the house. We were living with my parents at the time. I'll sit in the car outside my outside the house and I'd be like, okay, knowing that there was going to be a fight when I walked in the house. And I'd be like, Lord, please fill my cup with grace overflowing so that whatever it is that comes out is only your grace. Because I used to be like, you know, the words and the feelings that are in my heart right now. And that was, that was the only way that I could get through because we weren't separated, but we were still living together. We were kind of living together as we were separated. And so it was just like, that was the only way I knew that if I went in there and I went in like fighting and I went in and you know what, it was just going to be a disaster. So all I wanted was peace in the house until he left and then he was going to be out and you know fine and and that's where the idea came from is that i grace was the only thing getting me through those days 
getting me through those nights, getting me through every single conversation. Because I, in my natural, I wanted to throw things at him. I want to curse him out. I'm very animated. I wanted to be like, let me tell you. Let me tell you something. Yeah. That's, that's, you know, that's who I am. And that's who he was expecting Mm. because that's who I had shown him I was. So it was already like, he was thinking like, you've already shown me who you were and I'm not okay with that. And so that grace saying, God, I don't want to be that. So help me allowed me to walk in with a quiet and gentle spirit, like allowed me to walk in and, and be the person that the Bible tells us that we could be that we're like, Oh, that's too hard. I'm not doing that. It was only God's grace that allowed me to do that because in my head, all these other things were going, but it was like, I had almost this supernatural peace over me. And my husband would say, uh, what's wrong with you? Like he was mm. not, he was so, so confused. He was like, I'm just waiting for the other shoe to drop. Like he He's was like, just, this is the quiet like, before the crazy. This? Yeah. 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 He was just <laughs> waiting for me to lose it. And I would say, and it was awesome because I was truly able to say, oh, it's not me. This is Jesus. Okay. You know that crit? Cause he had made a comment like, oh, I didn't sign up for some crazy Christian wife. Because at the time he was an unbeliever. Now, thank you, Lord. He has, you know, given his life to Christ. He's been baptized. Amazing. But that wasn't anything to do with me. But what I was able to do is show Christ through me. So allow that grace to like let my words and my actions be like, well, this is actually what somebody who follows Jesus is supposed to behave like. Not like what I was doing before. And so it changed me from the inside out. And, you know, we were like messing around with names. And once that one was just like, um, that's it. That's, that's it. Okay, God, like, that's it. That's, that's who I needed to be at the time and who I try to teach women to be. It's like, look, you could do this too. It's not just me. (laughs) Like not some superpower. It's just, that's all the Lord. (laughs) Yes. I love it. I love it. Well, grace is what it, what is required, you know, for us to go from who we are today to who God has called and empowered us to be. So Beatrice, thank you so much for being here today. You've just given them so much like wisdom and nuggets. And, um, and I just know that the women who are listening are going to be really encouraged today. You're not alone. Uh, ladies who are listening, you're not alone. Like there are so many of us who have gone before. We've been on this journey. We've made it out alive and uh, and not only alive, but we've made it out with a testimony. So how can people find out about you um, and your mm-hmm. podcast? Just check the podcast anywhere, you know, um, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you find podcasts, The Grace Fuels Wife. All my info is there. That's probably the easiest way or the gracefieldswife.com. But either one of those, um, probably the e- easiest way to hear me, listen to me, see if there's anything that might resonate. So, yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you, Beatrice. I really appreciate it. Grace, grace, grace. I think that marriages that are healthy, they understand this concept very well. They know that a strong and a healthy marriage requires lots and lots of grace. And maybe today you need to give yourself some grace. Maybe you've been really hard on yourself and you've been wondering, what's wrong with me? Why can't I get this thing together? Or what's wrong with my spouse? Why can't they get it together? 
I want to encourage you to give grace. Give grace to yourself. Give grace to your spouse. Give grace to your marriage. Give grace to the process. So again, Beatrice, thank you so much for everything that you shared. You guys, again, please go follow her podcast, especially those of you wives who feel like you're all alone. You feel like you need just some support, some additional support. You can find her at the Grace Fueled Wife podcast. Now, as I said in the intro of this show, I want you to find out how connected of a partner you are. What does it really take to build a strong marriage? It has to be built on connection. So be sure to head on over to danashay.com forward slash partner quiz so that you can find out if you're really a connected partner or not and what you need to do to fix it. So after you take the quiz, you're going to get your results sent to you via email. And then I'm going to give you some pointers on exactly what you need to do to build the connection gap, the disconnection gap, I should say, between you and your spouse. So you can find that again at danashay.com forward slash partner quiz. And of course, if you don't remember that link and you need to find out what was Beatrice's website again, you can find all the show notes to this podcast at realrelationshiptalk.com forward slash episode 142. So before we end this episode, I just want to give a special shout out to Life Audio and all the work that they do helping faith-based podcasters like me to be able to get our messages out there to listeners like you. So as we end this episode, I just want to let you know, friends, that a good relationship is not one that works. A good relationship is one where you put in the work. Let's get to work. I will see you on the next episode. Take care. Thank you for listening to Real Relationship Talk with Dana Shea. Find the show notes, helpful articles, and more relationship tips at realrelationshiptalk.com. Enjoying the show? Be sure to rate and review wherever you listen to your podcasts. And remember to subscribe. We'll see you on the next episode.